Good morning. It's good to be together to study God's Word with each other. I want to share the Word with you and encourage you to keep running the Christian race here in December of 2023. So let's get started. I want to look at three key areas or examples that Jesus showed us in His life on earth and talk about how these areas, if we apply them in our lives, can have an impact for us and the people in our communities. Three key areas that I'm thinking of here this morning to encourage us to uh, press on in this Christian walk. I'm calling these three areas prayer, care, and share. Uh, Noah, in his school, in his preschool right now, the last while has been learning about rhyming words, so maybe that had to do with with these three areas, I'm not sure. But prayer, care, and share. Jesus' example of prayer. Jesus' example of caring for others and his example of sharing the kingdom of God with others. These are areas that I need to grow in and I have a long way to go, so I'm challenging myself right alongside of you. You can just ask my wife, and she can tell you that I may aspire to get better at these things, but I have a long way to go. I will be jumping around a little bit um, to different scriptures. Most of them will be in the New Testament and the Gospels specifically. So prayer, how important is it in your life and mine? Are we as believers building our lives on prayer? Just some questions there to think about as we go here. Let's first begin by reading from Matthew 14. Uh, just a couple verses here. Matthew 14, 19 through 23. And this is the end of the account of the five loaves of bread and the two fish when Jesus used them to feed the multitude here. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. And they they that had eaten were about five thousand men besides women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Okay, we'll stop there. Uh, He sent the disciples away, and then what did he do? He went to a mountain by himself to spend time in prayer. What are we doing with our time nowadays? Are we getting alone to pray? Prayer helps us stay oriented to what is important. In our fast-paced world, are we taking the time to slow down and pray? Um, As we go, I just have different questions that that I'm going to let you Think about and you can answer for yourself. Moms and dads, are we getting alone to pray? I know in our situation and at our stage in life, um, that can be 
can be hard with young children, but we still need to do it. Many times in my life I can look at all the problems facing me, but I spend little time in prayer about them. So I may have a big stack of problems over here this big, and I may spend this much time in prayer um, about them. Then I wonder why I'm struggling to have joy in life. Jesus will help us carry the burdens and sorrows of life if we come to him in prayer. Let's look at Luke uh, 6. Another example of Jesus spending time in prayer. Luke 6, 12 to 16. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zealots. And Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was a traitor. So if we take these verses at face value, uh, it seems like Jesus spent large periods of time praying before choosing the disciples. Um, When faced with big decisions, do we spend much time in prayer first? When was the last time that I or you spent extended periods of time in prayer? I had to think about that a little bit. Um, I think it's been a while for me that I've spent a longer period of time than just 10 to 15 minutes in prayer. Jesus communed with God all night, it says here in Luke. Now, I did not do well in English or language arts when I was in school, so I may not get all my terminology right, but I hope you can follow what I'm saying here in this next statement. Are we becoming microwave prayers in our American society today? We want to heat things up real quick, then be on our way doing all the other things that are so important. That are so important, I should say. I am so guilty of this many times in my life. Let's go to Luke 22 next, and we'll look at a few verses there. Verses 39 to 46. And he came out and went as he as he went to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when, and when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. 
couple more simple questions come to mind. Am I sleeping literally or figuratively when I should be praying? Too often I'm just like the disciples here. I let the flesh take over at times when I most need to pray. By the way, if you want to know how to pray, Jesus gives us a good pattern to follow in verse 42. Not my will, but thine be done. That is so hard to do in and of myself. Recently, two people from the community mentioned something about us being people of faith or something about being people of prayer. It almost surprised me, but it shouldn't. That should be normal. We should be known for that. I want my sermons to be practical, and prayer is quite practical. We can all do this, even the young people. Are you aspiring to be a prayer warrior, young person? It's not hard to pray. It may be harder to slow down and sit still long enough in our day and age today. Moms and dads, are we praying? The next question is, are we teaching our children to pray? Prayer is not just about telling God the things I need, but hopefully it's also about entering into the kingdom that he is building. What do we want our church to be, or where do we want our church to be in 20 years from now? Are we praying about these things also? I have used a list in the past, and I should do that again. It would be good for me. What would help you pray more? If a list helps you do that, do it. Pray specific prayers and then step back and watch the Lord work. One more thing about prayer in our day and age today. You may need to schedule it. We are so busy that if we do not get intentional about these things, they can fall by the wayside. I have been there and done that. If Jesus needed to get away and pray, how much more do we? Okay, let's look a little bit at care. Jesus cared for people around him. How are we doing? How are you and I doing? I fall short in this area way too much. I can get caught up in what I'm doing or need to do that I miss opportunities to care for others. Jesus' second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. So hard to do in and of ourselves. Let's look at the example of Jesus again. And we're going to read from John 8, uh, verses 1 to 11. John 8, 1 to 11. Jesus went into the mount unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. 
And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. My natural man wants to say, Well, you did this. Now you have to pay for it. In our dealing with people, do they feel cared for or judged? That's a question, again, that we could think about. Here's a great example of caring for someone who has really made a mistake and finds herself in a tough position. Instead of calling her out like he could have done, Jesus challenged the scribes and Pharisees and at the same time gave this woman a second chance. Neither do I condemn thee. Five powerful words of mercy and grace. In caring for this woman, Jesus did not let her sin slide also. He cared for her, but also called her up to a higher standard. He did not leave it at, neither do I condemn thee. He also said, go and sin no more. He showed us a beautiful balance of saying, I care, but please don't continue in this sin anymore. Jesus was really saying, I care so much that I want to show you a better way. Go enjoy the freedom of not being bound in sin. How can we make this practical? Again, this can start at home at a young age. This is for almost everyone here today. Youth at home, are you learning to care for your younger siblings? It's a great training ground right there. It really starts at home, then in the church, then out into the community. Does my family know I really care about them? <clears throat> Does my church family feel my love and care? What about the person in the pew in front or behind me? Do my neighbors down the street know I care? To my shame, I hardly know some of my neighbors down the street, and I need to, we need to do better at that. <clears throat> Why do people in the church feel lonely or discouraged? If we all cared for one another well, there should be enough to go around. Galatians 5, 13 and 14 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I want to do better. I fail many times in this area. Simply put, I am selfish and care more for myself than others too often. <laughs> we have many opportunities every day to show people we care. How are we doing? Caring is hard. It's messy. The opportunity to care often comes at the most awful time. Jesus had many important things to be doing, but he stopped and cared 
and answered questions, even from haters like the scribes and Pharisees. Many of you here in this church have cared for me and my family, and we really appreciate that. Many of you here do well at caring. Let's keep that going for the glory of God. Okay, let's move on to share. Jesus shared the good news of the kingdom of God while he was on earth. We should, we can and should do the same as believers. Matthew 4, 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is this statement still relevant in our fast-paced world today? I think so. The kingdom of heaven was ushered into being when Jesus walked on the earth, and it is still alive and well today. It should be even more relevant today. We are some 2,000 years closer to the return of Christ. In our Anabaptist culture, I think we have been taught to have a strong, godly lifestyle, and that is really good, and I'm not discounting that at all here in what I'm saying. But along with that lifestyle should be people willing and ready to speak for the Lord. Talking is our number one form of communication. Why would we not use that to challenge and encourage each other and people around us to enter into this kingdom of heaven? Let's read from Matthew 13, several verses here. We're going to skip through here. We're not going to read the whole thing, but uh, we'll read several verses. Starting in verse 3, talking about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And he spoke and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, his sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon Stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to, to hear, let him hear. Okay, let's go on to verse 31 to 33. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, and these are all just examples of Jesus talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the Birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. 
and let's read uh, 44 to 46 yet. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Are we working with God in sowing the good seed? Are we fertilizing the seed? Are we watering the seed? Are we infusing the kingdom into our everyday life? I had to, especially verses uh, 44 through 46 there, he talks about uh, how this man found a treasure in a field. And what did he do? He tried to protect it, hide it, until he could sell whatever he had and then go buy that. And um, 44 through 46, especially those verses, uh, 46 says he found one pearl of great price. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. Uh, do, we, do we look at the kingdom of God like that today? Um, do we realize the... As we are part of that, what what it is does it impact our life? Um, do we do we want to share with people around us? It's a challenge for me. On Monday morning, when we head out the door for another work week, are we even thinking about the kingdom of God and its impact on our lives? We can, I can so easily forget um, what what life is really about. In our work, we get around to many places and people. We we really don't need to advertise anymore um, much because we are known for our work. Dad started this business years ago. We're known for our quality of work. Am I taking those opportunities that, that I have to share the kingdom with those that I meet on a day-to-day basis? Do they know me for more than just my good work? I hope so. It's something that I need to work on. We have so many opportunities and when we're talking to people um, to speak a word for the Lord. And so many times I, I let it pass by. Okay, let's go to Matthew 10. And we're going to read a few verses there as well. We're going to jump around a little bit here. Um, Also, Jesus here is sending the disciples out to spread the kingdom. And the question I have for us is, does he not send you and me out in much the same way? So we want to look at these verses and what he told them. And I think a lot of this stuff can apply to you and me um, today. Thinking about Jesus' Jesus example of sharing the kingdom and what he told the disciples here. Uh, Chapter 10 from Matthew chapter 10. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. 
And then he names the names of the disciples. So we'll jump down to verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So as we go through these verses, I'll just make a few comments um, here as we go. Are there lost sheep around us um, in the world today? I think there, I think there are. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. So those verses there, the thing that I noticed is they didn't really take a whole lot with them. Um, in our world today, we have a lot of stuff around. I have a basement that has a lot of stuff. I have a mini barn that has some stuff. Um, but those things really aren't the most important. Here, when Jesus was sending out his disciples, they didn't really take a whole lot with them. So maybe that's an example for us today. Let's go to verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. As we go out in our world today, we should be wise. Um, but he says here, also harmless. Verse 19. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall Ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And this is where I think uh, prayer and care and sharing all can come together. If we have a life of prayer um, and we really care, then verses 19 and 20 can be very true for us. We don't have to practice what we want to say to those people that we meet. It will just come come out of our lives. Verse 26, Fear them not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in the light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not also, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Here again, as we live and meet people and face things in life. Uh, Jesus is saying here we don't have to we don't have to be a people of fear. We can uh, trust in him and he will he know he knows us. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. 
these are challenging verses for us. Um, and I think too many times I have, I have, in a sense, by the way I reacted or lived or didn't say anything, have um, done this right here. Um, denied Jesus, denied the Father in front of people. When I should have been an example, um, should have spoke a word. Let's go down to verse 39. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Uh, verse 40 is, is a beautiful verse there. As we take the kingdom of God and share, um, if people receive that message, they will ultimately receive Jesus and receive God himself. Prayer, care, and share. I think we are doing these things, but I just want to encourage us to keep pressing on. These three areas of life are really interconnected. If we build our lives on prayer and really care for each other and those around us, then sharing the kingdom should follow right behind. I did want to say also that these three areas of life are not just out there somewhere. They really start in the home and go out from there. How can these things be practical in our lives? That's a question, and maybe we can talk more about that um, later in the Sunday school time. I want to say also there are seasons and times in life when all we can handle is praying for and caring for and sharing the kingdom with our family. And that is okay. Some of you may be in that place right now. Your first responsibility is to your family. If that's all we can, we can handle, um, there are seasons in life when that's, that is perfectly good and okay. Stay at home moms, you have an, you have opportunities every day to build the kingdom of God into your children. That's a high calling. If we build these things in our children, then our impact for the kingdom will be multiplied. At some point, they also begin to work in the kingdom alongside us, and we can have the blessing of serving the Lord together. Let's teach our children these things, but also show them by our example. Christmas is just around the corner. Take those opportunities to share the real reason for the season. We hear that little phrase. Um, it's kind of a catchy little phrase, but um, do we do we actually do it? That's the question. The new year is coming also. Maybe that would be a good time to evaluate our caring and sharing and prayer life. Let's follow the example of Jesus in these three areas. I want to do my part. 